Okay, welcome back to another week with the Trading Triangle. I am your host, Trader Nate, also lead writer for Wolf Financial. Hope you guys are all enjoying the Sunday and the live stream here that we bring every week. Kay, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Happy holidays. Very <coughs> festive. Are you going to touch upon that? I'm sorry, what was that? I'm saying it's a pretty festive day. It's very festive. Yeah, I was going to just let the hats speak for themselves, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Sean, how are you doing over there? Yeah, feeling really good. Obviously, got a bit of a different setup this week. <laughs> Moving house this week, of all weeks to do it. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the week ahead, that's for sure. Your month has got to be crazy. You're moving and dealing it's been with all good. the holidays. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And a lot of trading. I know we've been having some active trading going on, so mm, good yeah. stuff. Um, quick disclaimer before we get into the live stream. Of course, this is not financial advice. We're not financial professionals. This is for entertainment, educational value only. We do appreciate you subscribing. Make sure you subscribe and smash the like button. And thanks for following on the live stream on X as well. So uh, we'll get into some charts. We've got predictions this week. It's going to be a good time. Let's take a look at what we got. A little festive notes. I love it. Great stuff, Sean. This is good. All right. So last week, got some good action. Any comments? Jump off the page. What were you guys' thoughts last week? I mean, good overall, obviously. Yeah, so for me, it was Tesla. Um, for me, obviously, you can see some other names on there, big big moves. Um, but obviously, we'll jump into the Tesla chart in a minute. But I was basically watching that on its own. How about you, Kay? I think everything on the watch list was pretty much in green, right? There was yeah. so many opportunities if you were already in the trade. Uh, if you were planning to take those trade, I think uh, it might be too late. Uh, you might, especially when you're doing options, you might burn yourself because now if you're going to buy those options, call options or put options at those elevated prices. Um, so I'm glad that we were in those trades in the couple of weeks before. So yep. basically harvesting those, you know, gains. Look in the bottom left corner, mm-hmm. AVGO plus 21.76%. That was crazy. You guys, that's a, that's a thousand dollar stock, right? And it just powered all week long. The semiconductors just powered all week long. That's what really stood out for me. Like NVIDIA is up 5%, but it seemed like it lagged, right? Like because of the rest of the sector just moving. So i uh, love to see it towards the end of the year. Feeling good, you know, and heading into holiday season. All this green. Yeah. And tis the season to be greedy, right? Isn't that what they say? I don't it's think that's great. what they say. <laughs> I think I won. I think I won this one. I was going to say. You did. Yeah. I took it down. Yeah, nicely done. I was on the wrong side of this uh, this prediction. Yeah. And I was a little bit more hopeful because I was a little bit more greedier. But yeah. yeah, you yeah. certainly were. Yeah. <laughs> well, Powell unlocked it for the Bulls and we saw him running, you know, nicely uh after the rate you know rate decision and more the the speak around just really being dovish and uh yeah i mean markets look good you could see it across the board spy up two percent the q's up three diamonds two and a half small caps so look at that pushing 200 for iwm that's insane Um, yeah yeah five percent and then bitcoin's doing well right holding above 40 nicely uh 42k even i mean it pushed a little higher but Everything looking good, even the VIX down at this 12 handle. I thought that the VIX, you know, dropped. Didn't it drop to 11? Did I see that? It uh, it dropped to 12.28 at least when I took it. Um, it might have dropped a little bit later. No, I'm at midweek. Yeah, I think it ended at 12.28. You got that right, Kay. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy how, like, you know, it's, like, pretty much flat. And there's, like, no space in the bar chart, right? That's, like, at the bottom of the channel. Yeah, it's, it's just the volatility is is flattened out, so it makes options uh, a little bit cheaper for what that's worth. And uh, yeah, good good way to hedge if you are worried about a pullback at all. Uh, volatility is cheap, so yeah, something to note. I've said that for a few weeks now, though. It hasn't really, you know, there's been no need to hedge. So um, good to see Did it. You, um, you're quite surprised with Jerome Powell's dovishness. I, I thought I, I was quite yes. surprised. I thought he might come out be a little bit hawkish, considering the market in the last well two months or so, I guess month and a half. Um, but yeah, it, it sounds like he came out wearing one of these hats. But uh, yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> I mean, haven't had a Santa rally in two years, right? I mean, those those yeah. massive Santa rallies. So maybe he's trying to set us up for a major Santa rally before he drops the bomb next year, right? <laughs> if you remember, right, the last year we. Actually, this year, 
earlier this year we had that whole SVB crisis, right? The small banks crisis. And yep. there were a couple new programs that the Fed launched. So it'll be interesting because those banks were supposed to take loans out of Federal Reserve at a much lower rate or maybe even 0%. I don't know exact details. Uh, but those should be coming up, uh, maturing next year, sometime Q1, Q2. So we'll see how that impacts. But he did mention, you know, oh, you know, we'll keep the rates on. We could increase the rates. But I think folks are now anticipating end of Q1, start of Q2, mid of Q2. You know, it's all kinds of predictions floating around. Yeah, I think that um, the market's priced in a pretty nice uh, year for 2024, which means what, I'm, what I mean by that is you can't uh, have any rate hikes whatsoever, right? So there's no room for inflation starting to pop back up. So that's something I'll be keeping an eye on is if we see prices starting to creep higher and inflation actually tick higher, um, I don't think there'll be any patience for that and uh, they'll quickly stomp that out. So um, I don't know that that's going to happen. It does seem like things are rolling over nicely and getting a little bit of a disinflation, but uh, definitely not out of the weeds, but looking good, right? So we'll see how it goes. Nice end of the year, though. This is great. Yeah, I'm glad you guys are right now. I was wrong for the week, to be honest. All right. Earnings, wrapping these guys up. I know I'm watching Micron and Carnival. Micron because, you know, I'm always looking at chips and whatnot. And then Carnival because if we do get a nice, you know, strong economy here, I think the cruise lines have already shown their resilience. And while rates are concerned, if rates continue to come down, I think it's just going to benefit these guys in addition to all the bookings they're getting. Um, but yeah, what else? Any comments on earnings this week from you, Sean? Nothing from me. No, you covered kind of what I was looking at. Maybe Nike as well, but I mean, take a bit of a bad seat on that one. So gotcha. since Nike, I think uh, FedEx would be another one I would say to keep an eye on. Um, sure. Not not from like specific stock standpoint, but from just the industry standpoint. So if if the there's a if, if the business is booming, which means the economy in general for the logistics is improving across the world, if you see weakness, it will show you what's gonna come in the next quarter or so. Yeah, stuff to keep an eye on this week. Not too many names, but definitely, you know, worth paying attention to, as always. And then we've got this chart, Kay, the monthly Spider S and P five hundred ETF. Look at that, two and a half percent away from all time high. And people say you shouldn't invest. Like, I don't understand. Look at this. This is where money is made right here. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty incredible though. Like you said, two and a half percent away from all time highs. How does that hit you, Sean? Feeling good about it or more, you know, timid about that? It's pretty much all I've seen on Twitter this weekend is uh, will we see all-time highs, will we see all-time highs over and over again. I'm just saying, well, of course. I mean, I, I, at least I think so. We're only 2.5% away. And you can see in, in the last, what, three years, the volatility has been crazy in these uh, – it's just a monthly uh, chart, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's and monthly. Just the monthly charts, the, the candles are huge um, just compared to what's been happening. So the volatility is there, and I don't see why not, really. I like it. What about you, Kay? You think we're going to see new highs next year? Uh, you might even see new highs this year, right? Even this year. Oh, look at you. I mean, if you really get that Santa rally, I mean, 2.5% is nothing for S&P. You could have one major green day. That's a day, right? Yeah, it's a day, basically. Um, interestingly, question is, how high are we going to make that all-time high? Because if the next high is going to be, is it going to be at 480? Is it going to be 500? I don't think so. Uh, but they, they, we could get a new high. And then it will be interesting to see how much we get a pullback from there onwards. I think it, there should be some correction because when you when the stocks are running too hot, too high, you need some kind of a breathing space. So there will be some kind of a pullback for us to reassess at that point in time. All right. All right. I like it. I think it's a good time for us to make some predictions. Let's get some predictions rolling. I know we got tickers that we're going to talk about for next year a little bit later on in the live stream here. But what about for this for SPY? What do we think? I want to hear your prediction first, Kay. What do you think for next year we're going to close 2024 at? For 2024, spot? we close uh, 500 and above. You're going to go 500 plus? 500 plus. All right. What about you, Sean? I want to go a bit more specific. I'm going to go say, I'm going to say 515. 515. That's what I've got. Sean's going 515, Kay. You think more or less than that? Between 500 and 550. So I'll say let's say five five or five. 
505. All right. Yeah. We're getting specific. That's what I like <laughs> to see. 505 for K, 515 for Sean. Here I go again. I'm going to be the guy on the island all by myself. Negative <laughs> eight. I'm going to get a nickname. I'm going to – I can't name myself. I can't give myself a nickname. But I, it's going to be along the lines of negative eight if I keep this up. I guarantee it. Because I got 444 stuck in my head. I think we go higher, but then I think we pull back. And 444. Okay. So 444 is where I think we end. So okay. Huh? So you jot it down, and I just have to say this, Nate. Next November, you get a new U.S. president. Yeah. And that could spur a rally. So It could. It absolutely could. Um, and I think everybody keeps talking about next year being an election year. And markets like nothing more than to ruin everybody's day. So <laughs> that's what I think. I think everybody's so set that it's an election year and that Powell's going to do whatever he needs to do and and maybe, I mean, maybe last week was a preview of exactly that. And uh, we could be, I could be wrong, but. Uh, you know what, what Nate wants to be wrong, actually. with this. Plan. I do. Yes. I enjoy being wrong when, in these kind of predictions. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, wrong. If, if we get like a euphoric market, we can go all the way up to kind of 560, 570, and then have a, you know, a large correction and it will still be above 500. So that's, that's exactly. where my thoughts are. I think we can get a really probably. FOMO-ish type rally. They're saying that lots of hedge funds are kind of sitting on the sidelines with all their cash. You know, where is that cash going to go? It's going to come into the market. The market's going to go up. But then the sell-off maybe into into the end of the year, which is which is why I've gone five fifteen. I think we got pretty high, and then obviously come back down. Um, but that's kind of to both of our points. Um, but less so for you, Nate, because you think it's going to go way way down. But uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Four 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 is not too far down, right? Not, yeah, from five fifteen to four four four, it's not that bad. Not that yeah, bad. It's, it's basically flat to down. That's what I yeah, was. Yeah, true. You're, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'll, let, I'll let you off. Thanks. All right, good. I don't feel like such a so negative now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that uh, okay, this is great. We got predictions for next year. So again, K five oh five, Sean five fifteen, and I'm I'm coming in at four forty four. Let's see what happens. I'm I'm looking forward to it. For the record, I am long. I'll continue to add, and uh, and I am in equities, right? I'm, so, yeah, I mean, my prediction is my prediction, but it's not going to change the fact that I'll be adding to my investment portfolio throughout the year, like I always do. Um, getting into next week, a little bit tighter tight frame here for SPY. These are two-hour candles, and it looks nice and bullish here, and we've got a little bit of a bullish flag coming in. Uh, do you guys see the same thing I'm seeing? Like, it looks like a nice setup for another move higher. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I think with the the moving average below it, like you said, and just a typical kind of wedge pattern. It couldn't. It could be a little bit more refined, of course, but um, maybe it would be on a one hour chart. But that just depends on your kind of perspective and how you look at charts. But yeah, I like the setup. Yeah, the the twenty uh, SMA here on the two hour, uh, it really caught my attention. Just kind of nicely holding up these candles. Um, that's that's what I'm looking at. But yeah, Kay, you seem to agree as well that this looks like a decent setup. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And then the call options, the put-to-call ratios are at 1.11 on the 21st, which is pretty bullish, I would say, from a SPY standpoint. Mm -hmm. So lots of call options uh, relatively. And then when by the end of the year, we go up to 2.06. So, But those numbers will change as the, as the week progresses. Uh, more contracts will be open. So we'll see how that plays Yeah, out. bullish in the very near term, though. That's what that sounds like. I, yeah. I think really we just got to hold right where it's at i mean if we can hold roughly this 469 uh level then then that's kind of the 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 floor and then we could see it move higher so we'll see you guys I, i'm bullish though and then very near term i told you i'm definitely long spy yeah i the only the only thing that i want to mention over here is like um we may get a new high but keep in mind like by the end of the last one or two trading days is you will see a lot more tax loss harvesting, you will yeah. see a lot of portfolio reallocations. So keep that in mind because you may get a Santa rally, but you can still see some kind of a pullback right around the last two days or, or even the last trading day of the year. So just keep in mind if you're trading, especially during that time frame. Yep, all good things to consider. And uh, the queues, look at this nice channel that started at the beginning of the month and just continuing to power higher. And we we've been talking about this, right, Sean? I think you pointed out that you know the queues just look good. Where spy was kind of in this questionable spot, and now is obviously breaking higher. The queues have just continued to look strong. 
They're doing. It feels a little bit more volatile than what it, what it looks like there. Uh, that looks like kind of steady and sort of going up. But it feels sometimes when you're trading that it's a lot more volatile than it looks. Um, which I guess you get with the queue generally, don't you? It's tech, so it would, would make sense. But no, yeah. overall, really nice trend, and I think it looks much healthier than the spy. Uh, but I've been saying that for months. I think we all have, really, haven't we? Yeah, no, and you've been right. I mean, this is the two-hour candles again. I like to zoom in for this this next week, and uh, it just kind of bounced off of that three eighty-eight level and just started climbing higher. And we've got the twenty SMA here sliding in underneath again, similar to the spy on the two hours. So I'm looking for you know if we do get a pullback for three ninety-seven seventy-five to hold up, um, but. You know, it just looks good overall. And maybe if that trend line breaks in the 20 uh, SMA on these two hour candles breaks, then maybe um, you know, cause for uh, pausing. But yeah, overall, just continued strength here. What would you add? Yeah, just, uh, yeah. yeah, just last uh, a quick point here. So on 1228, we the put to call ratio is 0.99. So very bullish, right? Oh, wow. But on 1229, which is the last trading day for QQQ or for the stock market, it's 1.99. So you have a lot more hedging going on. You have over 525,000 contracts expiring on that day uh, versus only 264K call options. So 525K put options and 264K call options on the last trading day of the year for QQQ. I can't believe we're already there. Yeah. All right, let's look at Tesla. We've been talking about it. What do you got, Sean? We have a break of a wedge, and you can see that quite nicely there. The candle came up, and you think, oh, actually, it could pull back down on the Friday and obviously come back within that wedge. But no, we got a nice little break. And, uh, yeah, we'll see where it heads from now. But obviously the first target I've got is 257. We spoke about it last week a little bit as well. I yeah. think, Kay, you, you like 257 as well. Um, but we also mentioned that Tesla has this habit of breaking through resistances with, um, you know, volume and, you know, a bit of vigor, you know, aggressiveness, shall we say. Yeah. Um, so we could also see just a, a clean break of the 257 level as well, because Tesla investors and Tesla traders get really excited with the, with the price action. Um, whether we come back down straight away or so that's the volatility within Tesla, um, come back down to retest that 257. That's what I'd be looking at now, obviously. Just to add the last little point there, obviously the, the, in, on Friday it did come up and it went down and bounced off of a certain level around that kind of 248, um, which which is good to see. Nice little wick. It's, it's not a big wick, but it's, um, it's, it's you know showing continued strength. But that's it for me really on Tesla. Well, it looks good, I thought. And there's still room to run. RSI is giving some room to run higher here on the daily. Mm. So I like the 257 yeah. target. You still on that, K? Yeah, I, th I think it could even go up to closer to 270 because that's when you start seeing the volume dying down. Mm. But the 257 all the way going up to even 265, 266, you know, you can probably see a lot more buying and coupled with the Santa rally, right? And that could push the stock higher. But again, you know, as you said, once you start going higher, the volume starts dying down. Do you guys remember when it dropped all the way to those lows? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I did buy it, right? What a year for Tesla, right? And now we're breaking out again, it looks like. So I love to see it. Great chart. What else you got this week, Sean? So next up, we have Hive Digital. Now, I've, I've brought this up a couple of times this year during these live streams. I haven't touched on it for about three or four months. It's a Bitcoin play. So they're, they're you know, they're a miner. Um, yeah. You've got Mara and Riot, et cetera, as well. It's kind of a bit more popular than Hive. But I do like Hive. I've been following it for some time. You can see this key level of 340, which is where all the yellow highlighted areas are. Lots of resistance in the past. And we came down with a bit of um, a negative price action on Bitcoin. On well, I think it was Monday. It must have been, yeah, it must have been Monday. Um, came down. I was interested in this kind of 340 level. And I thought, okay, it's obviously selling off. So I'll wait a couple of hours. I've not got to rush into the trade. And it was just kind of holding around that level. Um, so I started a small position there for a swing trade. Um, and I, I feel pretty good about it at the moment. Obviously, we're kind of moving up back above the moving averages. I just want to see that continued strength towards that kind of $4 level, in which case I will take two-thirds to three-quarters of my position. That's kind of my trading strategy. Yes. And obviously, the ultimate ultimate goal of 450 as well. But the chart, I, I like it. And I saw very – my thesis behind it basically is, is seeing a really nice resistance point. Um, solid resistance, we can see lots of rejections, turning into a nice solid support. Yes, I did have the trepidation of having that 200 moving average there as well, but that was a risk I was willing to take. Um, and the final point I'm going to make is the, the stop loss is currently at 320. It's a little bit bigger, 
but that's kind of how I trade sometimes. So, yeah. What are your thoughts on this chart? Do you agree with it? Do you think, oh, God, what are you doing, Sean? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah, give me some insight. <laughs> no, I'm liking this one. Okay, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, but real quick here, I, I've added this to my watch list. I've been trading Marathon Digital. We'll look at that chart for sure. Um, but I like this bounce here, the 340 level that you noted. And um, yeah, I love your two thirds too. Appreciate the insight there because I, I do something similar, you know, when I'm, whether it's day trading or swing trading, you take percentages off of your overall position and everybody does it a little bit differently. So yeah, I love to hear it. And uh, it looks like it's setting up nicely, getting higher highs and now getting, or higher lows and now looking for higher highs. What do you think, Kay? Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Hive is very similar to Mara, right? They they mine the cryptos, right? Yes, yeah. they mine Ethereum, Bitcoin, in, in kind of Iceland, like cold countries. So Iceland, um, Sweden, and Canada, I think it is. So interesting. Not sure if that's really relevant, I, I, but it is there for you. <laughs> I I think it, it definitely looks in a in a bullish pattern mm -hmm. right now, and uh, with the Bitcoin surging up, you know, I think this, this is the the right time to be actually in this trade. Um, I don't know about the long-term perspective, but again, we are trading here, yeah, so of definitely not. Yeah. yeah, good price targets too. So four dollars and then four fifty, really nice and clean. I like it, Sean. Yeah, that's still about a sixty forty cents up, right, from four dollars, right, three sixty eight right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the percentages I didn't add in because you know people can do the maths, but you can see that it's a fairly um, handsome trade if it does pay off. Um, which is yeah. uh, for me, it's fairly like it's kind of it's a smaller stock, but um, you know, it's sometimes how I trade. Yeah, clear Plus, levels. That's what you got, yeah. right? Clear levels. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Lovely. So that's it for me. Um, I have had a newsletter this week just because I'm, I'm you know I'm busy moving house. I can't do it all. <laughs> um, but YouTube, <laughs> I managed to get a video out on Neo on Friday. A little bit of update on technical analysis. I think there's a little bit of um, positivity going now. I was going to add it for the final uh, live stream here, but I didn't quite. You know, I thought, you know, stick to normal stocks. Um, but uh, yeah, and obviously I did a video on Rivian as well, which I believe to be doing quite well. And that's one of my winning trades this week just happened is, is Rivian. Because it did fly up quite, quite handsomely, as, as you know. Uh, but that's it for me this week, and I'll hand you over to Nate. Merry Christmas. And, and the congratulations to Sean for hitting 1,000 subscribers. Oh, yeah. On hey. that, happened, that happened too, yeah. <laughs> no, thank Love you, to see it. All right. Yeah, be sure to subscribe to Sean on YouTube. We'll keep it rocking to 2,000 in no time. And, um, yeah. yeah, you've been posting a ton of videos, and the Rivian trade was huge. If you guys missed out on the Rivian trade, check that out. Yeah. Uh, absolutely nice. Nice week, Sean. And good luck thank with you. the moving. Hopefully that's quick and painless. I'm sure it will be. It's only down the road, so it's not too bad. Nice. <laughs> it's not like in America where you move states. I'm just a couple of roads down. So. <laughs> nice. All right. I love it. Let's jump some more charts. We got DraftKings. You know I'm going to talk about DraftKings in the year because it's been one of the two stocks that's been the kindest to me, right? So that's why I'm pull that's what I'm pulling up today. DraftKings, um, just bottom left, upper right all year. I think we're finally getting to that point where it might be uh, moving sideways for, for a stretch. And because uh, it's just been so extended and had such a great year. This $35 level is what I'm watching. It's kind of holding up. And you can see the 50-day moving average sliding right up to that 35. It's kind of what I'm predicting here. And that might hold as support. And if it does, okay, I think you know what I'm thinking here. Cash secured puts, buddy. Yeah, right at that $35 level, you can continue you know, sell those CSPs and collect and collect and collect. So if you're long uh, DraftKings and you want to collect some cash, it's a uh, looks like the $35 level might show some support and give that opportunity. If it doesn't, the next moving average I got is 150, which was respected uh, nicely back in November, and that looks like it wants to slide up right up to another support level at about $31, and that would be my next level of support. But what do you think, Kay? Does that seem like a decent option to trade? Oh, we lose Kay. I was on mute. I was talking. I was like, yeah, this, this looks amazing. Oh, nice. <laughs> especially, especially from an option standpoint, right? I, I really like, because I, I think, Nate, you and I, we are more like a range trader, right? We like to trade in the range. Like Sean likes breakouts. Yep. And breakouts are not the, is not the best thing for options trading, especially when you're doing CSP and covered calls because the options get called out. Um, but this is exactly what we are looking for, right? Yeah. We need to have these defined levels. And if it breaks the first level and, and, and we get the test for the next level, that's when you enter the trade specifically for those CSPs. And listen, after that, you just do a wheel strategy. Keep churning that cash. 
Exactly right, right? If you get in and then you start selling covered calls at the top of the range, which right now is about 40 for DraftKings. So uh, something to keep an eye on as we churn out through the rest of the year. It's just had such a great year that even if markets rally, I could see it just kind of hovering in this range. So I wanted to highlight that. And uh, Sean, did you ever trade DraftKings this year? I don't remember if you did get in on this trade. No, I did a couple of day trades kind of um, in the middle of the year, like summertime, but I haven't really held it as a swing. I'm a bit, bit gutted about that, actually, because obviously you, know, you mentioned it yourself. Good run for the stock this year. And uh, I've you know, been saying about kind of gambling generally, it's, it's a sin stock and um, it, you know, it's inevitably going to take off, I think. And I think the price action I'm seeing now is, like you say, cyber's action until the next earnings report, dare I say it. Um, yeah. And in which case, we might have another stair stepping upwards and I might think about position. But it's just one of those that I keep thinking, oh, it's a good idea to get into, but I just never do. You know, those stocks that everyone does, those stocks. stocks. Yeah. And you just see it go higher and higher and you're just going, well, you know, isn't always other and, stocks, isn't there? So. And it isn't that the, the season for drafting is coming up, right? With the American, with the football coming up, the football, uh, fantasy football coming up. Yeah, right? I mean, we're in the middle of the season and you've get, you're going to have the Super Bowl in February. March Madness uh, for hoops in March, right? And you've got Premier League in full swing right now. Like, there, there's lots of stuff going on in the sports betting world, 100%. So revenue should look good as we head into February. And they've been adding states that they, they're able to operate in throughout the year, more so at the beginning of the year. I know they, I think they grabbed New York either at the beginning of this year or last year. I don't remember exactly the timing. But, yeah, lots of positive movement. So uh, I'm still bullish long-term. And, uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that for DraftKings, but good stuff here. Next one, Marathon Digital. I don't have really a big trade to call out moving forward here, but, Sean, just like you're, you've been talking about with Hive, um, you know, I do think with Bitcoin moving higher that there's a continuation possible here. And uh, But you can just see – I just wanted to celebrate what a great year this was. Um, so we talked about covered calls and, and collecting cash at the earlier part of the year, really mid-year over the summer. Kay, you and I talked about that quite a bit and just printed money when it barcoded there and then got out, luckily, before this, you know, actually closed out. I shouldn't say got out, closed the cover calls and then enjoyed the run up. I did enjoy too much of the run down and, and you know, gave up about <laughs> half of that, um, but then got back in here on the recent resistance break and, and rode this all the way up, just took profits uh, at about 15, 16 and and I'm actually out of the trade, and then it continues to power higher. So uh, just been great. Printed money all year with both DraftKings and Marathon Digital. So just want to bring these guys up. And I've been enjoyed talking with you guys about these trades all year. It's been great. Yeah, I just have one comment to make here. And this is not for Mara. It's for every stock, right? Every time you get out of a trade, the stock runs up. This is some kind of like pattern, right? Regardless of which stock you're, you will never sell at the top. It's going to be a very rare scenario that you sell at the top and you get at the bottom. You're always off by a few points. Always off. Do you feel the same way, Sean? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things in trading, isn't it? You just have to kind of move on from it. You lose yeah. more money Deal trying to hit the top, right? Like, yeah. That's why I gave up 50% coming back because I kept saying, well, looks like it's finding support. And then Murray would sell off another few bucks. I'm like, oh, wait, I think this is more support. And I've already have all these gains and I gave some back. So, you know, you just got to take your profits and get out. Sometimes. You know what? And also, I think the discipline that you guys talk about, right? So if you do your two thirds of your, you know, you just sell two thirds based on the profit levels that you want and let the one third run. Yep. Use that as a runner, right? Mm. I, the way I do it is I take out my principal amount and I let the profits run. So even if I lose, hey, I did not lose my principal amount, at least um, on the profit side. So everybody, as you said, everybody does it differently. But you know what? This is a daily, this is a daily thing. You know, we don't have to like, we're not, why we should not be swinging for home run every single pitch. Absolutely. Swing for a single every single time. And trust me, end of the year, you will be very happy how much profit you have made. But I think with yeah. a lot of new traders, they, they always try and swing for 10, 10 baggers or you know, 100 baggers. I used to do it when I first when I first started trading. You think, oh, this is this is easier. If I can get 10 baggers, put you, you know, straight away. And that will set me up nicely. But really, the growth is really in the kind of consistency and the, the regular wins that you get and you know, compounding that type, of, that type of effect generally. But yeah. How many times I gave up 30% gains trying to get 100% only to end up with zero <laughs> or negative? Like that's early, every early on. Every, every single time I have 
been greedier and I have not followed my own rules, I actually have ended up being worse in a worse situation. Every right? time. Even today, even these days, like, you know, I have certain, I'm up 60, 70% on the CSP. And I'm like, ah, should I sell it? And I know my target is 70%. I need to get out of the trade so I can free up the cash. I don't drop to 42%. Now you're like, ah, should I, should I not, should I? Like, see? Yeah, trading psychology, eh? <laughs> I love it. You probably stick to your plans. It's so much easier, right? Just be disciplined about it. And uh, we've shown, got, got a lot of great opportunities this year to make money. And I'm excited to talk about our predictions for next year. So we'll get to that here soon. Um, we're going to look at K's tickers for the week, though, first. And then, of course, you know, be sure to give me a follow over on X if you don't already. Also, I'm the lead or, or a featured writer, I should say, over at Wolf Financial. And I enjoy writing for Wolf and, and enjoy being a part of his spaces. And then uh, Traders Education is my newsletter. I pump out stuff almost every day and uh, try to offer trade ideas as well as some education to help you traders out there. So... Be sure to give that a follow as well or subscribe, and I'll hand it over to UK. What do we got first? Google? Awesome. Yeah, we haven't talked about Google in like forever, right? Um, So this is more set up for a trade, which we are looking at about a week to two weeks, hoping that we are getting a Santa rally. Um, As you can see that we do have an upside potential of about 6% in this trade. And uh, the reason is because you're going to pretty much hit that 141 as the resistance level, which it hasn't broken from a while now. And, um, you know, also the uh, the volume profile, you know, the volume really dries up as you start hitting 141. Um, we do see there's an uptick in volume and we do see there's an uptick in RSI. And that's the hopeful part. And especially even though the 20-day the moving average is started to curl a little downwards, in the last two days, a lot of movement has happened and we saw this major dip, especially, you know, when they announced the whole Gemini and BART integration. And again, I feel like the AI is coming back into the picture with semiconductors popping back in with AVGO 21% and Vidya AMD all making those moves up. I think eventually Google will start picking things back up as well. So I'm looking at a potential uh, of about 6% from here onwards for this trade. Uh, if we get at this point in time, I do have a couple options trade open at 130 and I'm probably going to be closing them right now. I'm in profit, but I, I plan to, you know, close my dose trades around 60, 70% profit. I would say 65, that's my target level. And then, um, we could actually see the 141 in the near term in the next couple of days or so. I am bullish Google and I like getting opportunities to add. That's what I'm kind of seeing recently. How about you, Sean? You Google, are you bullish Google? Um, looking at the chart, not really, but just just because of the the two moving averages that are acting as resistance, I think this one needs to reclaim it and reclaim it quickly in like the next couple of days. Um, get back up to that kind of one uh, one thirty five level, um, and just stay above there, close above there, really nice strong close if if possible, um, and then move on to obviously like you said, six percent upside to one forty one. Um, but at the moment, I, I see it going lower, just you know, basically down to that kind of 128 level, just because the resistance has been happening in the last few days. So short term bearish, but I think it needs to really, I mean, Google as a company, obviously bullish on, um, but looking at the chart, not so bullish, but it just needs to get that that power through in the next couple of days. Yeah, I think it's a clear signal right there. If it does get the power through, that it's not yeah. just hanging around below the moving averages and we could see that push to 141. So yeah. I, I think you're exactly you're spot on there. I think the higher low is what I would really like to see last week. Um, and so hopefully we continue to see that push higher. And uh, that's that's what I'll be watching. I don't want to see it get anywhere near, you know, 130 or below. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah exactly. 130 is a very critical level, actually, because there are a lot more open interest at 130 level. As okay, opposed nice. to, yeah. And uh, what I have also seen that I, I think coupled with your Santa rally, if you do get that Santa rally, you will probably break that moving average uh, for Google because it, will, it just has like a you know an effect with all stocks. So that's what you're playing here. You're you're really playing that if it does a center rally, you will get it. But yeah, I do agree with you that the 50-day is a resistance level and it has to break through that. And, and to your point as well, the uptick in RSI and the uptick in volume is is key. Um, you can see that kind of you know momentum kind of starting, so it could very well happen. Yeah, let's see what happens. I love that we got both sides of the, the trade, the perspective, like we always do. It's good stuff, guys. 
All right, moving on to the next one. We haven't talked about this in a long time. This is AMD. We actually had this wedge. When we used to discuss AMD, we used to have this downward wedge. It was trying to break through that. And once it break broke through this, you see this massive green candle? That was the break. And um, right now, the stock is above 20, 50, 200 day. And, you know, stocks like ABGO is like driving the market for semiconductor up. Uh, interestingly, we are only 18% away from all-time high. Can AMD hit? It's anybody's guess. But what is interesting to see is that even though the RSI is overbought, this stock has shown that it can stay in that overbought territory for a good couple of weeks. So if you see the November, after the first couple of days of November, you see the entire RSI has remained till December for the entire month of November in the over near the overbought at 70. So if this is the case, then we could see higher highs from here onwards. I don't know if it'll break 18%, but we could see higher from here onwards and it could stay above that uh, in the RSI overbought territory for a longer duration of time. So something to keep in mind as well if you are into the AMD trade or if you are planning to take those AMD trades. What I would really like to see if there is a, if there is a decline can we get a bounce of this trend line? If we do, then I, I am pretty confident we will be closer to the 18% all-time high. I like your optimism because you know me, uh, semiconductors all year have been talking about them. And mm. uh, I like this above 135 here and holding, um, getting well above the June highs. And uh, I, I just think semiconductors are going to really lead the way if we do have a bull bull market continuing and, and nice higher highs next year. Uh, this is where I think we're going to see the leaders uh, show up along with NVIDIA. You've got names like Broadcom and AMD and, and others really showing some strength at the end of the year here. So I love it. I love semiconductors. So we spoke about DraftKings earlier, and this is unfortunately another one that just escapes me all the time. Um, <laughs> even in the downtrend, I, I, I kind of day trade it a little bit around the kind of 100 level. And I was, you know, I was fairly successful on it, but um, as a long-term kind of swing position, even with the 200 moving average, as you can see there, I, I still didn't, I just didn't. Um, for some reason, just, yeah, escaped me. That happens. I think every, all of us have our own favorite stocks. Yeah. And you just gravitate to those stocks. I like. I think AMD is mine, so I tend to gravitate a lot towards AMD. It's like right on my watch list, on every single watch list I watch. So that's the reason I generally don't tend. I always tend to trade AMD a lot more. Sean, you know what stock it is for me that like it stands out the most that I mm-hmm. constantly miss buying in on? It's Tesla. Like the worst <laughs> stock to miss out on. <laughs> the worst. Like I miss yeah. out and it's like, oh yeah, it's only up 150%. It's fine. I <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. We're good. <laughs> any trade, not Tesla, man. That's bad. Everyone it's has just, those stocks. Everyone. Oh man. I always, I'm like, nope, it's going lower. And then whoosh, off it goes. So anyways, good stuff. I love the conversation. AMD, let's see it rip higher, Kay. I want to see yeah. it. Should we get yeah. to predictions here in a bit? Yes, yes. All right. So you can find me on X as well. I do have a YouTube channel. Um, a lot of interesting stuff going on in that. Especially make sure you subscribe to the channel. There's a lot of interesting content coming up in 2024. And I will be picking back up my writing as well. So you can tr- you know catch me on Substack as well. So you'll see a lot more exciting content for 2024. So yep. With that said, let's jump straight into the next section. That's the most exciting one. It is. And I love the uh, the charts this week, Sean, like quality job on the holiday decor. And now the 2024 ticker challenge. Kay, I think you're up first. No, actually, we have we have Sean up first. Oh, we have Sean up first. Sean, over yeah. to you, sir. It's me up first. So like this year, well, next year, I'm looking at um, clean energy. And you can see this with the ticker symbol ICLN in the U.S., and INRG in the UK. The reason I, I mentioned this is because I, I did all the research in ICLN, you know, all the chart and everything. And then I, I went to, you know, have a look at it on my broker and I thought, I can't even buy it. Um, so <laughs> I, I thought, I can't bring this up if I can't buy it. Um, but it turns out I, INRG is literally exactly the same. It's just a different currency. So I, I, can, I can still invest in it. And, and I will do, obviously, because I'm a man of my word. So we'll have a look at the chart here. Obviously, you've got a lot of things on uh, on the chart. And we can see an overall trend line coming down um, from basically the start of 2021. And, you know, we, we know that because it was the top kind of holdings of first solar, Enphase, VWS, 
um, Chinese company as well, and uh, Solar Edge. And obviously, we all know that this year has been a particularly horrible year for those kind of companies. And I think with the kind of interest rates, you know, kind of potentially being cut in 2024, even March, I don't think it'll be that early, but probably like kind of mid, mid of the year and possibly towards the end. But regardless of, of, of that, the, the stock market is forward looking, um, tends to be kind of six to 12 months forward looking. And that's my kind of thesis to this trade, really, in, in a nutshell. Um, in the bottom left corner, we've got the monthly. Um, you can see the kind of red highlighted areas just. Um, and that kind of corresponds into kind of the bigger chart that we can see at that $13 level. And um, we can see that's a massive resistance, you know, in the previous years. And um, we've, I, I think we've just bounced off of that. And I think we could see a nice retracement, really, um, from a longer term perspective. You can see, you know, it's come all the way up to kind of uh, $40, $35 there. Um, so just a, a retracement back up to some sort of level would be great. Um, we do have a bit of a zone here at $17.75. That's kind of the first you know tough point to get through um alongside the obviously the trend the trend line coming down but i, I believe if we can break all this resistance obviously it's going to be tough i think we can sit on a nice path towards those kind of green and yellow lines and that's kind of my thesis towards this so i'm, I'm going for 40 to slash 50 percent so i'm hoping to blow uh, both of your socks off with this one so um, yeah i do apologize if it does come off um but yeah i'm going for this one and, and i'm sticking with it and i'm going to obviously um, invest in it myself as well just to kind of reinforce that thesis and kind of drive towards this uh this 2024 pick that's it for me really um obviously there's okay. some stuff you can screenshot you can, you can read this for the viewers um but yeah yeah i like, so the, I like this a lot so icln um, or INRG because we are truly global here at the Trading Triangle. And uh, yeah, you know, I really like your points about interest rate cuts uh, being a big, uh, you know, tailwind or, you know, benefit, it benefit, it will benefit these stocks, excuse me, uh, First Solar in particular, right? I was like really hot on First Solar at the start of the year and it just cooled off. Um, mm. But now we're getting into an environment where I think it could really rally again. So this is interesting, and you're going to feel good about it too if you get the win and you're investing in clean energy, right? Like this is a win-win. Exactly win. right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I was going to pick um, Enphase or First Solar as a company. I thought, no, I'm going to take a step back a bit and uh, you know take a bit more of a broader look. Maybe probably a little bit safer, I suppose, <laughs> um, is what I'm looking at. But yeah, I, I believe this to be quite a good. You know, for, for me, it's not financial advice, but I, I like this one a lot. Me personally, sorry, okay. No, no, this is perfect. I mean, I think I think a target of fifty percent growth uh, from thirteen to about twenty-three or so. I think that's a pretty solid move. I would say. Hmm. Um, yeah. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, looking forward to you beating us on this one. We'll see. I like it, and I like the fifty percent target, and you'll see why. Because my <laughs> oh. pick this year is Snow ticker S N O W and. Uh, you know, cloud-based platform. And really though, you know me, I'm big on charts. And so there's a lot of fundamental reasons behind this, like revenue is just increasing crazily quarter over quarter and year over year. Um, earnings per share and everything's positive and trending in the right direction They continue to beat every quarter recently. So love to see all that, but this is a weekly chart, you guys. This is how long um, we've, we go all the way back to the summer of 22 and it's just been consolidating, right? Like the longer the base, the wider the base, you know, the higher the rise. And that's what I'm banking on here is that that 205 level for snow is broken. Even could be the end of this year, start of next year, expect a retest, and then we continue to push higher. And I'm targeting 300. So doing the math, Sean, 200 from now up to 300, that's 50%, buddy. So yeah, I'm right yeah. there with you, right there with you. So that's Imagine a goal. We all hit 50%. <laughs> that would be awesome. In fact, that's the real goal is we all hit yeah. 50% and everybody wins big next year. That would be great. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, we've got this increase. And the other, only thing I'll add here is uh, the, the trend line on the bottom, we've got higher lows and it's just continuing to tighten up, um, which you know shows buyers are stepping in at higher and higher prices. Um, so I really like this one. If we can break 205, uh, you know, throughout the rest of the next year, if markets continue to power higher, I'm looking for 300 as the price target for snow. So let's see what happens. That'd be 50%. So again, I really like that that price target. And if it really gets crazy, it's hit 400 twice in the past or near it, right? So um, that would be nuts. That is not my price target, but that would be nuts. <laughs> you like this one, uh, Kay? I love it. I love it. And you'll know why I love it. And I'll 
once you get to my stock. Nice. I'll, I'll hold off on that. And Sean, what about from a technical perspective? Does this speak to you at all? Of course it does. So you know me. I, I see a resistance point. I, I see a, resi- what, a resistance support um, for for a breakout. So um, yeah, I've been looking at this. Uh, I've written it down already. So two hundred five for Snowflake is uh, one of those key levels for me to be watching, especially in the early parts of next year, or maybe even this year. You know, could see yeah. it this year. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think Santa Rally may push it back. It's it's yeah. going to be a tricky one, but if it does, then you you probably can see that breaking two hundred five. I'm looking forward to you guys. So, all right. So we've got first clean energy. Now we've got cloud-based snow. What's next? It's a cloud-based identity management software, right? So why did I choose Okta? And we haven't talked about this particular stock. The stock was trading at 294 back in 2021. We're down 70% from that price point. Massive decline in shareholder value. But what I like about this stock, and I, um, it's a little bit, uh, I'll give you a little bit of the background on the financials and a little bit on the fundamental side. Uh, Okta is a eighty is operating in an $80 billion total addressable market, and they have a very tiny share at this point in time because that addressable market is dependent upon a lot of digital transformation. So companies and big enterprises, small enterprises, medium enterprises, they're moving away from their on-prem to cloud-based. So as they move to cloud-based, all the different applications that they have, they need to be able to have a single sign-on so that you can just put a username password once and you can log into multiple applications. They do a lot of that stuff. Uh, Interestingly, they are the market leader in the identity management solution ahead of Microsoft. Can you believe that? And the main reason is because Microsoft has a very good identity management system for their applications it's perfect it's great Uh, they're not so great when it comes to other applications whereas for okta it's platform agnostic which means that it works very well with all types of application since it's already a cloud cloud cloud-based you know uh, product now uh, just getting into a couple of quick financials over here, and then we'll touch the chart over here. So consistently, they have been beating the EPS and revenue since 2019. And that is what I love to see in any company is how well they predict their revenue. It doesn't matter whether it's going down or going up. Is can When they predict something, do they hit it? And they have always beaten it since 2019. So that's very good credibility. This company brings about $584 million every quarter. So you're looking at almost $2 billion in revenue for the year. And next year is going to be actually larger than the $2 billion, uh, 15% year over year growth. Even though we had such a uh, you know drought year where companies are cutting costs, they still grew 15%. Their gross margin is 81%. So generally for software companies, what ends up happening is that 80% is a good gross margin for profitability. They are 81%. So they are above the average and hopefully they improve further on. Uh, They also have a revenue growth of 21% coming up next year and free cash flow margin to improve. Those are positive signs for the company. Last, 18,000 plus customers. That's a pretty big number with over 4,000 customers bringing over $100,000 in the contract value. So those are all financials, fundamental analysis. But let's touch upon the stock itself. The stock was trading at all-time low. Most recently in November, it hit about $44. And most recently in November, the reason that happened was they had a breach in that um, there was a hacker breach. And they patched it up and everything was fine, but the stock rate took a beating. Now, right now, the stock has this uh, little bit about about 85 or so. is the, That's where they're targeting to be a resistance level. But you see this massive candle in the last couple of days. It has really... The yeah. pull the stock above, right? So it's, it's, everything is pointing in the right direction. Now, the price target right, right now is about 120. So you're looking at about a 35%. I would be targeting closer to about one, I would say a little bit lower than 120. So I'm not targeting 50%. I think any, anywhere between 30% to 50% would be something that I would love to get on this stock for next year. That is my target. And the current, the currently the stock is still below almost 47%, below their 200-day SMA after that massive fall they had. Uh, so something I'm targeting, not just for trading for next year, but also building into my long-term portfolio, considering the SaaS companies are really very good in bringing profitability once they become profitable. So that's my stock. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, I like Okta here. And uh, I like the chart. Noticing one thing about all of our charts is that we're looking for a breakout over key resistance. 
right? That's what all three of us are watching for. Make sure you're paying attention to those resistance lines. And then uh, if we get through them, then you know what to do. And if we don't and it rejects, then you know the trade's not there. So uh, great picks, you guys. Uh, big, big upside potential, I think, across the board. And now we got our good time holiday message. So I do want to thank you guys for all of the fun this year. The Trading Triangle has become my favorite thing to do every single week. And uh, that's because of you two and because of our great audience. Again, global audience, which is just crazy. And uh, yeah, I'm having a good time of it. So you know, to head into this week and end to next year, I'm just going to kind of stick with what I've been doing because it's been so much fun and it's been working. Right. So I'm going to trust the charts. I'm going to talk to my network and work with fellow traders to get good ideas and bounce them back and forth um, off of you guys and, and others and uh, come to my own consensus, you know, my own conclusion on things and uh, just kind of trade the charts and trade my plans with discipline. And if I can continue to do that, I'm going to continue to build you know, great friendships like I've got with you guys and continue to make money. I mean, what else could you ask for? <laughs> in 2024 so that that's my goal i hope everybody's doing the same kind of stuff next year uh, what would you add sean i know you always got good things to say yeah i think um i think i can speak for all of us we've, we've improved as traders as well um in in this last 12 months and i'm, I'm looking to kind of um improve that improvement that makes sense you know, grow does. more confident within the charts within you know doing live streams as well um, but yeah, no, thank you to both of you too, because you made my, my, my trading journey much more fruitful, I suppose I want to say. Nice. Um, I'm not too sure how to really explain it, but yeah, it's, um, it's been really rewarding. And uh, yeah, I look forward to continuing in 2024. But make sure you subscribe. We haven't said that a lot today. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. yes. so, um, bring sure us home. Yeah, yeah be, be sure to subscribe. And then what do you got to say here, Kay? How, how are you closing out the well, year? You know, I, I think... Uh, Trading triangle was the highlight for the year, right? right? You know, trading money, all that was, you know, we you would probably do it regardless, right? But I think for me, being in this group, this community has been, I guess, the most rewarding experience, number one. And we started back in February and how far we have come along. And that just shows that, you know, we have all improved. I remember how bad my charts used to be <laughs> now it's better it's not bad anymore so it is better it's not as we good as Sean. Sean. we helped him <laughs> yeah well yeah, so, yeah we did <laughs> yeah so all i have to say that very grateful for um you know both of you and the audience and the and the love we are getting you know with a lot of folks reaching out to us for ticker requests and stuff like that so very happy i think a lot of exciting stuff for 2024 as a group for us um we will be taking a two-week break so everybody goes rest enjoy relax and we will be back in 2024. So with that, I would wish happy holidays and wish you all a happy and prosperous 2024. Yeah, Thank happy you. new year to everybody. Have a great couple of weeks trading, closing out the year and uh, hit us up on X and YouTube and check out the newsletters. We'll be active. We're still out there and we'll oh, see yeah. you in the new year. Yeah. Take care, guys. Merry Christmas, everyone. See you later. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. <laughs>